from Relay FM, this is Virtual Episode Number 58. Today's show is brought to you by Igloo. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Federico Batigi. Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm very good, Federico. How are you? I'm doing great, Mike. It's been, it's been a good week. Uh, finally, it's been a relaxing week. I'm really happy to say that. Good. I played video games. Finally, oh my God. I'm back to video games, Mike. It's it's great. It feels great. Um, but first, I wanted to ask you: mm-hmm. Do you play Fallout Four? No. Okay, so basically, I was looking for. Uh, you know, I got my I got my video game. Uh, websites that I follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got my subscriptions in RSS. I got my my Twitter accounts. I was looking for news. You know, I I always save uh, interesting links in in a, in a in a in a file in notes. And th- this week I I got so little content basically because nothing happened really in terms of big news. And everyone is obsessed with Fallout Four, which is the new game out uh, this week, last week. I don't know. Uh, Basically, people are just playing Fallout 4. And I went to the GameStop, to the local store that I got here at the modeling room. Um, it's it's basically covered in Fallout 4 posters and merchandising and, of course, beta games. Um, everyone on Twitter is posting about the Fallout 4 editor, the story, the open world. And I feel kind of left out, you know, because I. it's not that I don't like Fallout. I just don't like this specific genre of American games, you know? I just, I don't know. Uh, I, I feel kind of like I'm missing out, but I know that I'm not really missing out because I don't like this type of game. But it's just, you know, uh, there's some sort of peer pressure, maybe, of all these people playing Fallout 4, and I also, and I like video games, so I'm like, why don't I play this video game, you know? Do you ever feel that way? Sure, you feel like you're out of the loop a little bit. But yeah. What is it that you don't like? Like you said, you don't like this style of game. Like what do yeah. you like? I think it's two things. Uh, one is the post-apocalyptic kind of uh, setting. It's, I mean, it, the graphics they look great. You know, the the story. I bet that it's great. It's just it, it's too dark. Not in the sense of a horror game, but too bleak, maybe. Uh, you know, because even in a game like The Last of Us, um, it's about death and zombies and a post-apocalyptic society. But there's nature, there's color, there's, you know, the graphics are colorful every once in a while. And a game like Fallout 4, it just makes me feel sad when I look at the the world. And it's all, you know, destroyed and gray and, and there's dead people, you know? So the setting never really gets me. Uh, I don't know. It makes me feel sad more than any other game. And from a gameplay mechanic, um, I really don't... I really prefer Japanese uh, action RPG games. I never got into the American role-playing games like uh, the Elder Scrolls or the previous Fallout games. I just prefer the Japanese ones. And... I have actually like a funny story for you about Fallout 3, which came out 2008 or 9, maybe. Um, It was, I remember the the first couple of years that I got a Mac, uh, I bought a MacBook, my my first MacBook in 2008. um, And I'm pretty sure I didn't even have Mac stories when when I bought the original Fallout. Anyway, I remember I bought Fallout for the PC because I, I... I really wanted to play this this game, uh, so I installed uh, Boot Camp on my MacBook wow. Pro. Yeah, I installed. I got a copy of Windows. I installed Boot Camp Windows just to play Fallout. I was all excited, you know. I was like, "Yes, I can finally play PC games, and I can play this game." Basically, the same <laughs> the same process that I'm going through right now. All these people are playing Fallout. All these people are talking about it on forums and on, you know, magazines. There was no Twitter back then, at least for me. Uh, I got all excited. I went through this process, bootcamp, Windows, Fallout 3. I played like two hours of the game and I never played it again. I uninstalled Windows and bootcamp and I I was really sad, you know, because I, I was like... 
why did I trust these people? <laughs> uh, this is not the game for me. Uh, it's it's still I still have the copy, the original copy of Fallout 3 for the PC on my shelf. Uh, it caught a lot of dust over over the years, and uh, yeah. I have a pretty similar experience with Fallout New Vegas, in that like oh. I, I didn't go through the entire thing that you did, but I I got the game, I put it in, I set up my character, I played it for about half an hour and it just didn't it just didn't gel with me i don't know what it is maybe maybe this really meets and works with people that have been there since the start maybe as like a nostalgia factor that comes along with it um i'm not sure but yeah i'm on the same train as you federico uh fallout just isn't my game so we're not really going to be talking about fallout at all Uh, what i would like to to mention though is do you watch uh, polygon's monster factory series no, what is it? Oh, you should watch it. It's um, it's Griffin and I think Justin McElroy, and uh-huh. they basically they select games that have a lot of character customization. Uh huh. <laughs> and they create insane characters and play the games, and they like it's just it's it's a basically a, a bizarre comedy series, um, and the Fallout Four. They're actually they usually do like one game an episode, but this one they created such a hilarious character. They're actually going to split it up into multiple episodes, and they've done Fallout Four episode one. That's out, so I'm going to put a link in the show notes to that so people can uh, can go check it out. You should watch it. The whole playlist is there. It's a couple of hours, I think, in total to watch the whole thing. They're like twenty twenty five minutes each. You once just trust me. You if you if you've never seen this before and you watch one of them, you need to set aside a couple of hours because you will watch all of them. They. It is. I cry in laughter watching these videos. <laughs> I need to watch this. <laughs> yeah, they are just so so funny. So uh, yeah. I recommend that. Nice. They, they, they do great a great job at the Bethesda games because they have cheat codes in them. So they do ridiculous things by entering in the cheat codes. <laughs> now, is it on YouTube? I assume. Yeah, they're YouTube. I put a YouTube link in to the video, awesome. but it's actually the video that I've included in the show notes is from the playlist. So you'll get the entire playlist of the videos. Perfect. Too. Perfect. Okay. Thank you, Mike. No problem. Uh, I was not familiar with this. Oh, you're going to love it. You are going to love it because we we both like silly video game uh, videos. So so anyway, there was a long disclaimer at the top of the episode to tell you we're not going to talk about Fallout 4. Uh, What we're going to talk about first is this little piece of strange news, Mike. So Sony kind of soft launched and confirmed overnight wired that they're gonna do playstation 2 emulation on playstation 4 so here's what happened you know star wars battlefront because you bought the game mm-hmm. uh there's a retail bundle so you get the game and a playstation 4 and some people found out that in this retail bundle there was also digital copies of old playstation 2 star wars games for PlayStation 4. And this was a surprise to people. And, and and many of them assumed it was a remaster or some kind of remake. Instead, it was really an emulation of the old games with touched-up graphics. So here's what Sony is doing. Because Eurogamer got their hands on, on, on these games and they ran some tests. They have the excellent uh, Digital Foundry column on Eurogamer. They go through the technical aspects of beta games, whether they're multi-platform games or remasters, remakes. It's it's an excellent column if you're into this kind of technical comparisons. So they ran some tests. And the first obvious indicator that this is an emulator, not, not a remaster or a remake, it's that the PlayStation 4 OS, it's emulating the PlayStation 2 OS. So you get the PlayStation 2 logo when you start these games, and you get a, a screen that lets you remap the controls from the old DualShock 2 controller to the DualShock 4 controller, which doesn't have select and start uh, buttons anymore, so you gotta remap them to the touchpad. So the PlayStation 2 logo, uh, the, the, the DualShock 2 configuration screen and you can also emulate the old memory card system from the PlayStation 2 uh, games so it's a, it's basically the the exactly what happens every time you install an emulator on on a console or on a computer you got to 
basically reconfigure all the aspects of the hardware that are not supported anymore. And in terms of graphics, so 2D assets, such as the PlayStation 2 logo, or any other 2D graphics in menus or games, they get upscaled. And so they're kind of blurry and there's nothing that the, the emulation can do there. But 3D assets get a resolution bump. Uh, it's basically like a four time the pixel count uh, going from a PlayStation 2 to a PlayStation 4. And so they, they, they get a higher resolution and they are basically put into a 1080p display on the, on the when run on a PlayStation 4 and also the frame rate gets basically stabilized at 60 frames per second instead of 30 frames or maybe even lower on some old PlayStation 2 games and it appears that also this new PlayStation 2 emulation software is doing some kind of post-processing filtering on the images. So they're not jaggy or, you know, uh, the, there's no, like, the, 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 the little lines and, and the shapes are more smooth and, and they're like, uh, they look better, basically. And Yeah, there's a thing on the Eurogamer website where they show images side by side yeah. and you can, like, hover over them with your mouse and yeah. it zooms in so you can really see the incredible difference in the detail. Yeah. And I I wanted to I wanted to talk to you about this because first it is a big deal you know that the PlayStation Two is coming to to PlayStation Four and it's especially weird how Sony announced this you know this major feature I would say the PlayStation Two is the best selling video game console of all time uh, above the Nintendo DS with just maybe a couple of million units but the PlayStation Two sold. 155 million units it's got 2500 video games almost available on on playstation 2 and it's a big deal if sony decides to to make basically like a virtual console for playstation 2 for the playstation 4 and i guess it could work nicely in conjunction with the new playstation now service will let you play PSP and PS1 and PS3 video games by streaming them from the cloud. So it seems that Sony is doing this complete catalog of old PlayStation games. And the PlayStation 2 is the big dog here because, of course, it was extremely popular. Um, Why do you think they're doing this now? And why do you think it was such a weird announcement? I can't work out why they're doing it. (laughs) It It doesn't really make sense to me i mean it's it's kind of cool but it's weird that it's like we're not talking about it we're just going to put these star wars games in here like i don't i don't know why they're doing it and i really don't know why they're doing it the way that they are it's very confusing i mean it's a good thing right it's like the virtual console yeah and you know and it's great to be able to replay some old games like uh especially when there's like sequels of some games are still coming out on PlayStation 4 these days. Imagine Metal Gear Solid 3 uh, that's available only on PlayStation 2. Uh, maybe there's some other remake out there. But still, it's a great way to kind of play these old games again. And if the graphics are a little better, if the performance is a little better, that's great. And I remember there's a lot of RPGs that I couldn't play back in my PlayStation 2 days because I was busy. I could maybe play them now on my PlayStation 4. That's awesome. And, you know, I'm all for... and You know what I think about this stuff. I'm, I'm all for finding ways to enjoy old content again. It's just... Maybe Sony could have made a bigger deal <laughs> out of this as it is right now. It's basically like uh, some people found out uh, through a retail bundle and the company confirmed the news to Wired. And that's about it. And there's Eurogamer making technical comparisons. Um, it's it's a strange uh, type of announcement. Uh, maybe Sony wasn't expecting people to figure out so easily that it was an emulation happening, not just, you know, a remaster for PlayStation 4 code. Uh, I don't know. Still, it's, it's good news. And it, it kind of... I saw some people wondering, uh, oh, because Microsoft is doing uh, the Xbox One backwards compatibility now, Sony is also kind of uh, pressured to do PlayStation 2 emulation. Um, could be. Uh, you know, I think all companies are understanding, maybe are, are trying to accept the fact that 
there's money to be made in selling old games again. Uh, Nintendo has been doing this for years with mixed results, I would say, with the Virtual Console. Uh, Microsoft is now doing something along those lines. Uh, Sony is doing it in two ways, so emulation and streaming. Uh, I think we're definitely going to see a lot more of this next year because these companies are realizing there's people like us we played those games originally, we're willing to spend money again, so they're doing it, you know, in an official way. Uh, the mo- otherwise, these games are just sitting there. They're, like, they're not doing exactly. anything. Exactly. Uh, it's basically free content, if you if you think about it. It's, it's free money, uh, in a way. I mean, once you have this emulation in place, uh, y- you adapt the engine to every game, and just make sure that it works, and... Yeah, uh, I mean, I I want to check this out, you know. Uh, too bad that the games are, you know, the ones with the emulation right now on PlayStation Four. <laughs> they're kind of terrible. They're not really good games. Uh, but imagine again, you know, old Final Fantasy games, uh, Metal Gear Solid, old Resident Evil games. There's a lot to choose from here. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully next year we'll get a. It'll be a software update. I don't know. Maybe you'll just find a new section on the PSN software update and you get an emulation on PlayStation 4. That'd be great. Uh, I'd be really happy. Yeah, maybe this was just like they were trying it and yeah. didn't expect anybody to find out. <laughs> I mean, really? Really, guys? Uh, you put it in a bundle of a new Star Wars game. And well, expect- but they, they announced that those games were coming. They did announce that, that like with this special pack that you were getting it, right? They were yeah. saying, like, oh, you're going to get these games. But like, I assume everybody just assumed that they would be remasters. Yeah. But I mean, you put a PlayStation 2 logo and the memory card configuration screen and the <laughs> controller. <laughs> I mean, what do you expect people to assume? Yeah. Uh, anyway. So speaking of RPGs, uh, I've been looking for something to play before Bravely Default comes out. Uh, and Kotaku has called this game Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky the best uh, Japanese RPG of the decade. So I don't know if this is a piece of clickbait, uh, you know, just trying to catch attention, but uh, Kotaku really likes this game. And they say it's a modern twist of an old uh, of an old school uh, Japanese uh, RPG. Uh, so like Bravely Default, uh, there's you can avoid random encounters, you can always escape from battles, uh, you can customize a lot of the experience. And I like this type of uh, this type of this type of old school like inspired by the SNES PlayStation One days, but with the modern settings because you know they realized people just don't have the time for random encounters anymore, and they say that the music is great. They say that it's split in two parts. It's available on PlayStation P and PlayStation uh, PSP and PlayStation Vita maybe. Uh, so I'll see what I can do. I'm mm. I'm I've been looking for. This is like, this is like a comfort game for me. You know, this type of game, this RPG with a lot of story, a lot of dialogue, a lot of grinding with the characters. It makes me, it makes me relax. It's like when when you and CGP Grey play, uh, I don't know, Prison Architect or like what what you're into lately. Those books that you that you color, the coloring books. Mm-hmm. It, this is a, the Japanese RPG made in this way, like Bravely Default. Th- that's what it makes me feel like. I can just sit down, relax, do some random battles, grind my characters, level them up, collect coins and, and weapons. That's It makes me... It, it frees my brain, you know? <laughs> it's just... I, I love this type of games. So I will check out Legend of Heroes, Mike. Um... Also, because I, I mentioned your, your friend, our friend, CGP Grey, I remember a discussion that you had a few months ago, maybe, on trying to be a new YouTuber, trying to break, to break yeah. into the YouTube career. Yep. And uh, CGP Grey mentioned, sometimes you find a video and you can tell it's got extremely bad production quality. And the guy clearly, or, or the girl, they don't have, you know, the necessary equipment, and it could be better in so many ways. But there's a spark of something, of, of talent, maybe. Uh, there's a passion that, if you know, over time could get better. And I found this person on on, on Kotaku, and it's the kind of YouTuber that I think it's it's getting started now, uh, but he's got something that he should keep working on his videos. 
So it's a video about the minus world of Super Mario Bros. An, an explanation of the glitch that lets you enter this uh, this glitch world and why this glitch exists and why it happens this way in the video game code. And it's a very funny video and it's it's a very bad video from a professional standpoint. Uh, the guy doesn't have a proper camera, a proper microphone. Uh, the transitions between segments are, you know, they could be a little better. But he's funny, and he and he's got style, and he knows how. And he's really good at explaining. He's really good at explaining, and you know, it's it's. I was thinking about the the episode of you and CGP talking about new YouTubers, new people on YouTube, and trying to find a career on YouTube now that it's so busy. And this is the type of person who I think should keep on doing videos because right now it's it's bad, you know, it's it, compared to professional PewDiePie quality videos. It leaves something to be desired. Yeah, but it's got something, you know, it's got talent, I think, and he should keep doing it. So the guy is a retro vault on YouTube. He's only got one video for now. So I, I would encourage you to, to check out his channel, maybe subscribe, because this guy is funny, he's entertaining, he knows how to explain things. Uh, I, I, I know I subscribed, so I hope he does more videos. Also, crazy glitch <laughs> in the game code. I love these type of things. Uh, now, for something that I, I think our friend Steven would be proud, uh, someone on the, on the internet mic... Uh, made a teardown of all the Nintendo controllers. And they got photos, they got explanation of all the parts. So it's on this website called uh, Fictive. I think it's Fictive. And it, the first photo is this awesome top-down photo of all Nintendo controllers disassembled. Uh, there's a so NES. Beautiful. It's beautiful. NES, SNES. Nintendo 64, GameCube, Wii, and Wii U. And the Wii U is, is really special because there's also a display. Um, and the, the, it's going to be in two parts. The first one is the original Nintendo controller, the American SNES, and the Nintendo 64. They got photos, they got explanation, they got, they got annotations on the photos explaining all the, the little decisions and the details that Nintendo had to, had to make when designing these controllers. Very, very fascinating. So go check it out. It's uh, it's on it's in the show notes, which people can find. Michael, tell us where. You can find the show notes over at relay.fm slash virtual slash fifty eight. Oh awesome. Almost almost sixty. Um so that's about it for for the links this week. Okay. Uh we we got two topics yes. I think that we want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Uh before we do that, I believe you wanna take a break. I do indeed. I want to thank our friends over at Igloo for sponsoring this week's episode. Igloo, they create the internet that you will actually like. And that is an important thing, right? So many, I remember when I used uh, an intra corporate internet in my previous job, and I know many people do this on a daily basis to get the information that they need at work. You're stuck looking at something that looks like it was built a long, long time ago by people that didn't understand what the internet is. Um, and now, you know, you look at some of the services and the tools that we use on a daily basis, you know, like all the social media stuff and all the document collaboration things that we're used to using. And then you look at your internet and you're like, oh, no, why is it like this? Well, this is what Igloo do. Igloo have created a platform that feels like it was created now because it was. And it's updated and maintained by people who care about making a fantastic experience for you on the web. With Igloo, you'll be able to manage your documents, your task lists, and even Post status updates for your teams so people know what you're up to, no matter where you are from any device that you like. As long as you can connect to the internet and you've got a web browser, you'll be able to access your igloo and it's full of responsive design beautifulness so you can see everything that you want in all of the colors and all the configurations that you've made from any device, your laptop, your iPad, your iPhone, your Mac, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You can also integrate services like Box, Google Drive and Dropbox into their big secure platform so people can easily share and move documents around and use them on the devices that they like. They have 256-bit encryption, single sign-on and Active Directory integrations, so it keeps everything nicely secured and locked down. So it's going to keep your IT department and your legal teams 
everyone's really happy. And Igloo also has their own document uh, collaboration and previewing engine, which also features read receipts. So this is really useful if there's a document in your company that everybody has to acknowledge, right? There, Everybody has to see it. Instead of having to go around and check that everybody's read it on the floor, you can actually just see in Igloo who has read it and who hasn't, and then you can send them a little message in Igloo and tell them to check it out. Super, super simple. Igloo works in a way that you would expect if you've used the internet in the last couple of years. You want to go and sign up for Igloo right now, and it's absolutely free for any team of up to 10 people for as long as you want. It's time to break away from the internet you hate. Go and sign up at igloosoftware.com slash virtual. Thank you so much to Igloo for their support of this show on Relay FM. So I have a new video game. Hmm. I've mentioned this one before because I played the beta, uh, but I have the new Star Wars Battlefront game. Hmm. So tell me, how do you like it? I like it a lot. I do. I, I really. I've enjoyed playing it. I haven't put as much time into it as I want to, but that's kind of how I always feel with new games, right? Because you just want to play them constantly. Yeah. Um. But I have some kind of like early impressions. If you're interested. Oh yeah. So something that I really liked, uh, because this is a next gen game, um, it has to install onto the system and these things take a long time so they actually present you with a little game that you can play whilst it's installing you get to take control of Darth Vader and you can just you just basically destroy waves of enemies as they're coming at you and I was playing this for like, and it was like 20 minutes I was playing this while the game was installing this isn't downloading anything it's like just installing from the disc so that would have really sucked if I was just sitting there and waiting right so mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of, it was a, a nice experience to be given something to do which was fun yeah um one one of the things that I really like about this game is that there's lots of different things going on and different modes you can play. So, like, you can play on foot, right? Like a first-person shooter. Um, and you have, like, abilities like Titanfall where you can collect these cards. Mm-hmm. And the cards give you different abilities and you can collect different cards and customize them. So you have these abilities as well as the weapons. But there are other types of modes you can play. You can also fly spaceships and oh, have really? dogfights in the air. So, like, oh. you're in a spaceship trying to shoot down other spaceships. Um, they have a... a you, can, you can drive these things called speeder bikes. So, bas- basically, imagine uh, a motorbike which flies, and you can chase hmm. people and try and shoot them down through forests. That's one other thing. Um, and then, in some of the, like, the on-foot ground combats, you can take control of these big, kind of like tanks with legs... Just anybody that's listening to Star Wars, the reason I'm explaining it like this is just for Federico's benefit. <laughs> Thank you. Right, yes. I know what all of these things are. I'm just trying to explain it for Federico. Uh, so there's lots of different things you can play. You can also take control of like the big characters from the game, like Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, and you can play as those people. Um, so they have extra powers, and they're really powerful, and you can you can play as those. And these are in all the single-player games and all the single-player missions. You can also play those in local co-op as well and local multiplayer. And all of those things are also available in the multiplayer games as well. So during the big multiplayer battles, you can take control of, you know, there is there are limited hero tokens where if you collect one, you turn into one of the, the big heroes of the game. Um, so you can run around in the multiplayer as Luke Skywalker and cut people's arms off with lightsabers. Uh, or you can you can collect a little token which will put you in one of the spaceships so you can fly through the air and try and shoot people that way. So you can... In the game, in the actual multiplayer games, you can take control of all these things. And there's a few different multiplayer modes. They have like a everyone against everyone mode. They have like team deathmatch modes, which are these huge, big battles. They've all got specific names. I don't remember. Um, I played a couple of online multiplayer games. Um, I don't feel overwhelmed. I feel like I can compete. Uh, this seems like the matchmaking's pretty good because I don't feel like I'm significantly underpowered mm. when I'm playing, which is always important to me. Um, because, for example, I felt that way with Titanfall, right? Like I could keep up, but I didn't feel that way with Call of Duty. Um, so that that's pretty good. I feel like I can, complete, can compete. And also some of the one-player missions are basically simulations of multiplayer, so it's pretty good to practice your skills. And you also get to select uh, any of the weapons, like all the weapons are unlocked, where obviously in the multiplayer they're not. You have to level up and earn them, which is quite good because it means you can practice with different weapons and different abilities and choose what you want to end up unlocking. So it's a good way to like to practice. So the game has no story. Um, it's just battle simulations, basically. Um, mm. Hence Battlefront. There's no campaign, but there are single-player battles that you can play. So it's basically just 
pick a pick a type of fight that you want to have and have that fight. Nice. So I'm I'm really enjoying it. I mean, you know, and as I said before, it's one of the best looking video games I've ever played. Yeah, yeah it, I, I I watched the videos and it looks fantastic. It just is beautiful. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. I I want to be on the flying motorbike. That sounds awesome. It's like it's like the bike from Harry Potter, you know, flying bike. Hey, great. I mean, rides. yeah, they they don't look like <laughs> motorbikes. Oh but, no, really? You know. Well, mm. I mean, they look like a space motorbike. A space motorbike. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I should really watch Star Wars eventually. You really can... should, especially <laughs> because in like a month from now, the internet is going to just be overrun. Uh, but I, I feel like, you know, not having watched Star Wars, it's kind of become one of my traits, you know? It's it's part of me, not knowing Star Wars. So if I watch Star Wars, I kind of become less of myself in a way. It kind of defines me in, in a way. I don't know if you need... You have many things that define you. I don't know if not watching Star Wars has to be one of those things. Well, maybe, you know, it's... I don't know. I should really watch Star Wars. You should. Uh, I mean, because you only need to watch three of the six movies. Because, the, the like, episodes one, two, and three, which were not no, the no. first three, the second three, you don't need to watch those because they're No, they I'm going to watch them all. I'm going to watch them all anyway. All right. But I, I, should I watch them alone? You know, it's kind of sad. Why would you watch them alone? Have Sylvia watch them with you. I, no, I showed no, them to she... Adina recently, and she loved them, and she's not really about that kind of thing. They're just great stories. No, no. She's going to hate me. Okay. She, she she really doesn't like this type of movie. Um, I should probably find, I don't know, a friend here who hasn't watched Star Wars. That's very unlikely. It's because very everyone... unlikely that you'll find another person <laughs> everyone, like you. Yeah. It should be like an international meetup of people who haven't watched Star Wars and watch them together for the first time. I don't know, Mike. Anyway, you like the game? Yeah, I I really do like it a lot. Um, I'm kind of frustrated that I've had a real busy day today because I because haven't you been able play to the game. play. Yeah. Have you considered doing Twitch streams of you playing? I'm not good enough. <laughs> Well, people know uh, you're gonna stream because you, it's you and you're funny and people like you, not your skill. You know. Uh, we have been talking about this for as long as this show has existed in its yeah. two different forms, and we've never done it. Um, but it is something that I would like to do at some point. But one of the problems that I have is the internet connection. My regular internet connection that I use for video games oh, isn't really yeah. strong enough. Like for example, yesterday evening, I had to stop playing a multiplayer game because my connection was so bad. And it's not always like that, but just like it seems like sometimes the connection's worse than others, and when that's the case, I can't even play online, let alone upload a video. Uh, at the same that's time. bad. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, anyway, I'm happy that you have a that you have a, a good game to play on on your PlayStation, Mike. I still gotta start. You know, I I bought the Nathan Drake collection uh, for um, Uncharted yep. on, on PlayStation Four. Um, instead, this week I've been playing some games on on iOS instead of my PlayStation. And so I still got that in my in my queue. I think I'm gonna start it like tonight because I wanna I wanna have an even more relaxing weekend if possible. So um you know, before I get back into into serious work, you know, because it's the end of the year and I and I like to prepare some articles for the end of the year on Mac Stories. I like to prepare also this year some special content for the newsletter, and I think I'm gonna do a big article before the end of the year as a, as a bonus. Um, you know, I I feel like I need to recharge my 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 batteries before I switch gears back to to Mac stories and and long form articles. So I, I I'm gonna start playing on on the PlayStation Four tonight. Um, speaking of those iOS games, this is the other topic that I wanted to cover this week. Yeah. So Federico sent me a message. I think it was this morning. I read it. Uh, or yesterday evening, and he was like, oh, I've been playing iOS games with the gamepad that I bought for the Apple TV. And I was like, I didn't even realize that I could do that. Like, obviously, I can if I thought about it, but it never crossed my mind that obviously I can use that gamepad with my iPad. Yeah. I mean, they, they started as iOS controllers. Yep. Um, for, for the iPhone and iPad. Was it iOS 7, iOS 8? Was I maybe I think iOS it was 7. 8. Eight? Okay. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I don't remember. Um, 
And yeah, uh, so it all started when I was playing Oceanhorn on my Apple TV. And I was playing with the controller. It was awesome. It looks beautiful. Uh, so I could I could play in bed. The TV is right in front of me, like maybe three meters away. So I got a, I got a good viewing angle. And I love the setup. Uh, but I got the iPad Pro. And, I, and, you know, I was writing my review and I was wondering, hey, maybe I should check out these, uh, this screen, this display for video games. So I started playing, and of course, I was like, what's a good game to put on this device? And of course, Ocean Orn, it's got new 1080p, 60 frames per second graphics. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'm going to try Ocean Orn. And of course, I remember that the controller also works, works for iOS. And, you know, one thing followed the other. I started playing a bunch of video games uh, with the controller on my iPad Pro. And, uh, and I got a good collection of games, actually. And so I was, yesterday I was wondering, I asked people, what's other, you know, any other good game with uh, iPad Pro support and maybe the controller? And I got tons of good recommendations. So I bought a bunch of games, which always feels good to me, you know, because I can support indie developers. I can get, get a, a good game in return. I like that. Um, so I made a list of games then, uh, that I've been playing on my, on my iPad Pro. Um, some with the controller, some without the controller. But first, I wanted to have a, a, a special mention of Kevin. Yeah, Kevin works for... He's the, the, the founder, the guy in charge of Afterpad. Is this website about MIFI, so made-for-iPhone video game controllers. Uh, of course, made-for-iPhone, but they also work for, for the iPad and iPod Touch. And Afterpad covers iOS games from this peculiar angle. And Kevin does such an excellent job, you know, at, at covering these games, these announcements, the controllers. He does reviews, a lot of photos, unboxings. Uh, he, he has a... The, the, my favorite part of the website is that he, he has a database of the, uh, iOS games with controller support. And it's actually something that Apple should do on the App Store. And instead, they haven't done this. And Kevin has categories for, for like, editor's picks, uh, game genres with controller support. And I, and I find myself going to Afterpad now that I got this Nimbus controller, which he also recommended, so I feel safe <laughs> using my, my controller. Uh, I go to his uh, database page I, uh, to, to find the games to, that have been updated. And Kevin is always on top of new announcements, new releases, new updates. So yeah, one of my new favorite websites. Uh, it, it does great work. So if, if you don't know Afterpad, go go check it out. It's afterpad.com. Uh, really, really great work. Um, so the first game that I that I tried, uh, it's actually from my friend Alexander Repti. He, he lives in Germany and he's the guy who, who helped me get an Apple Watch back in April uh, when he launched in Germany, not in Italy. And Alexander has done iOS development for, for many, many years now. He's created this game called Cosmos for iOS and Apple TV. And it's a very simple, old-school arcade shooter. Uh, it's like... Uh, what's in the name of the famous arcade shooter, Mike? I'm feeling stupid now, you know. I want to say Arkanoid, but that's that's just wrong. Space, uh, not Space Invaders? Space Invaders, thank okay. you, gosh. <laughs> uh, it's really like, like a take on the classic Space Invader type of game. Um, you can play on Apple TV with the serial remote. You can play on Apple TV with the controller. You can play on the iPad Pro with the controller. So um, I know that it's constantly tweaking the game. I'm on his test flight. Um, it's, it's quite fun. You know, it's not too hard. There's a bunch of difficulty levels that you can choose in the settings. Uh, the controls are very nice with the with the with the analog stick on the controller, and you just need to press a button to shoot. Uh, you can, of course, I mean, <laughs> the main goal is to shoot enemies. You can collect power ups. Uh, it's it's very simple, but actually kind of relaxing. You know, not too challenging, not too easy, but you know, just right in the middle. Uh, I played uh, like half an hour yesterday. It was really really nice. Uh, another game that I discovered uh, through Kevin. Uh, Afterpad, uh, Goblin Sword. It's uh, an old school platformer, so it's got you know pixel style graphics. Uh, an old school platformer, an action game mixed with some very lightweight RPG elements. So you can collect better weapons, better swords and shields, you know that kind of stuff. And you need to jump, you need to kill enemies, you need to collect items in each uh, in each stage. 
uh, it's organized in levels, so you can go through a level again to collect uh, artifacts and items if you miss them. Uh, the controls are excellent, both on multi-touch and with the controller. Feels very, very nice. Um, it got a pretty good review on, on Touch Arcade, which I discovered after Kevin's uh, database. So go check it out, Goblin Sword. Uh, I'm playing on the iPad Pro, looks great. This other one, I got a recommendation on Twitter yesterday. I, I wasn't familiar with this game at all. It's called Horizon Chase. And uh, <laughs> I love this game so much, Michael. I played like three hours last night. I went to sleep at like 6 a.m. Um, so it's a, it's a again, I, I seem to be into this type of stuff. It's an old school <laughs> uh, racing game. It's basically like a modern twist on the... SNES racing games, Outrun, you know, uh, only redone uh, with a with a modern low poly, you know, the low poly yeah. style. Yeah. Uh, it looks great. I've played this when it originally came out. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I like it. And you didn't tell me. Well, I mean, it, it, I liked it enough for like the couple of hours that I played it, but it didn't stick. Oh no, this one seems to have something that sticks with me. Uh, I don't know if it's the style, which I really, really like. Uh, the music, which is nice. Uh, the fact that there's no, you know, free-to-play in-app purchases scrap, or uh, the fact that a lot of racing games, which are usually free with, you know, additional paid content, they have such terrible interfaces. And I feel like most of the time I try to play a game like Real Racing or Asphalt, and I cannot, for the life of me, figure out how to get past the menu. Uh, this game is very easy to understand. It's got a bunch of areas. So you can race in California. You can race in Chile. You can race in... Uh, I don't know the other one. But there's like multiple geographical areas where you can race. And you can unlock better parts, uh, new cars. Of course, in, in each race, you got to complete an objective. And... It, it feels really nice, both with multi-touch and with the controller. Uh, it's, it, it's not a realistic simulation. It's an arcade racing game. And you got to avoid collisions with other cars. You got to collect uh, power apps when you're racing. You got to keep an eye on your fuel because, you know, you got to collect also fuel tanks. Uh, it's, it's very nice. And you got to only pay once. And there's no free-to-play, you know, stuff getting in the way. Uh, it's very nice with the controller and it's very nice on the iPad Pro. So uh, last night I put the iPad Pro on the smart cover that I bought last week. Uh, sm so as a stand on my lap, controller in my hands, I played from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. I, I had a great time. So Horizon Chase, great game. Thanks for the recommendations on Twitter. I also played some other games only for shorter amounts of time. Uh, Pac-Man 2, uh, 256, you know, the, 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 the one made by the Crossroad guys. Mm -hmm. It supports the controller and the iPad Pro. It looks nice. It's just that I suck at this game. Um, oh. I also suck at Geometry Wars 3, for that matter. You know, it's, I, it's beautiful and it looks awesome. And fun fact, it's one of the games that Apple demos to you, you know, for the iPad Pro. Because it's uh, awesome. I love it's Geometry awesome. Wars, man. I yeah. love it so much. It's awesome, and it looks great. It sounds fantastic on the iPad Pro. Uh, the controls are very nice. It's just, uh, it's one of those games that I have a, a very deep appreciation for the fact that it exists, but as a player, I suck. <laughs> so I play this game in, in awe of the game itself, but not of my skill. <laughs> so um, it looks really nice, though. Uh, this other game, are you familiar with this American guy, Evil Knievel? You know. So, Evil Knievel was one of the, my favorite games that I've played in the last few months. So, uh, it used to be, uh, they call it uh, a daredevil. It was a stuntman. A stuntman. A daredevil, yeah. A daredevil. A stuntman in, in the US. And I know that, um, actually, you know, John Gruber, uh, the daring fireball name, comes from Evil Knievel. Yep. Um, anyway, they made a, a game for iOS. It's an officially licensed game. Uh, it, it's got uh, a great interface. So the the entire game, the menus, the the, the, the buttons, the, the everything is themed after you know evil carnival material. So old mm -hmm. posters, you yep. know the uh, motorbikes, clothes, everything. And it's a fun game, you know. Uh, I, I'm not particularly good at this game, also, uh, <laughs> but it's a fun game, I think. I beat all the challenges. 
Really? Yeah, I, I've been playing this game pretty obsessively since the Apple TV came out. Um, You've been keeping secrets from me. I have. Well, cause <laughs> I'm, I'm, my main problem with this game, though, it does have one pretty fatal flaw, is that there's no iCloud syncing. Oh, no. And it's on all the platforms. So I have, like, I have it on three different devices in three different states. I completed it on my iPhone. No, this is exactly the problem that I have with Oceanhorn. I played five hours on my Apple TV. Now I want to continue playing the game on my iPad, but the game doesn't sync. It doesn't make sense to me why you'd make it cross-platform and not be able to sync game progress. Yeah, Yeah. and I'm stuck, you know, with Oceanhorn because I I suppose I should finish the game on my Apple TV, but I really want to finish it on the iPad. So I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, you like this game. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do really like it. It was um when I'm when I'm not when I wasn't on Twitter, I was playing some games, but then wouldn't recommend them to anyone, so I kind of forgot about them. <laughs> because usually when I find a game that I like, I tweet about it, right? And yeah. I couldn't do that with Evil Knievel. <laughs> yeah, well, you should have sent him a message, Mike. I could have tweeted on your behalf. You should have done that actually. Yeah. Um, um, so I was playing some um, some games with my gamepad this morning, hmm. like to prepare for this. And I was playing Geometry Wars, which is great, um, and realized I can finally play a Sonic game. Because I've never been able to play Sonic on iOS, because it's impossible, in my opinion, to play that with touchscreen controls. Yeah. So I was playing a bit of Sonic 1 today as well. Mm-hmm. I played some Minecraft. Of course you did. Um, and I also played... Uh, I, st- I started GTA Vice City. So I got a question for you. How do Sonic and GTA look on the iPad Pro? Because I'm pretty sure they didn't have an iPad Pro update. They look fine. Oh, There's, yeah? You would ne- you, you'd, I can't look at them and be like, oh, no, it's not been updated. It mm. doesn't, doesn't feel like that. Cause, I mean, because the games look crap by modern standards anyway. So, mm. you It's know. no big deal. Yeah, because I, I was on the verge of buying uh, GTA San Andreas last night, but then I uh, I saw that it didn't have an iPad Pro update. Like mm, I don't know, maybe I should. You know, I kind of want to play an old GTA game on my on my iPad Pro with the controller. So, One thing know. that I've noticed though in playing Minecraft and GTA is games like that have dual stick kind of input. You know, like when you move forward and you move left and right. Yeah, it seems like. I don't know whether this is a problem in general of all of these types of games, but the game can't seem to recognize when both sticks are moving at the same time in both of these games, but it does work in Geometry Wars. So, like, I move forward and press left to turn left, but nothing happens. I have to let go of forward. and They're, they're a bit weird. Like, it seems like the implementation isn't perfect everywhere, but, like, with Geometry Wars, you can use them both at the same time. So I just think that some games implement the MFI a lot better than others. Hmm. Yeah, it could be, you know. I also know that it depends on the type of controller that you get. There's like, uh, of course, we, we both have the same controller, but there's a, um, there, there's like advanced controllers with more inputs and there's the basic ones. I'm not sure here what the difference is, but I know that in the, in the iOS APIs, um, uh. games can have like simplified controls and more advanced controls. So I think it's up to the game developers to choose what type of controller to support. And uh, maybe, the, you know, the GTA folks just didn't do a good job there. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but maybe I should I should play GTA. I don't know. Because uh, still, I got some other games in my, in my queue to check out besides, you know, the PlayStation 4. I bought Luminous City, which looks fantastic. I've got fantastic. that and haven't played it yet. It's a puzzle game, and it's it's kind of it's one of the most one of the strangest games I've I've seen on iOS. So the 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 character that you control it's made of three D graphics, but the stages they're like real life mini worlds mm-hmm. uh, photographed in a in a you know by by the game developers. So you move this three D character. Uh, among real life objects and it's like real life dioramas you know these mini stages uh done with you know it's kind of like little big planet but realistic and it's it's a very strange effect um but it looks great and it sounds great 
and a lot of people say this game is awesome and another the app store games account on twitter also did a behind the scenes with the game developers so i'm gonna play this game but i also got tiny rug and wayward souls uh which are two similar kind of rug-like uh rpg games for uh, for the ipad and uh and i got those because you know i saw the rave reviews uh and, you know i gotta check out these games and the other big name here is the room three which came out on iOS last week. But my, my problem is I finished the room one, but I got to finish the room two first. And now I don't know what I'm going to do because I finished the room one on my iPad Air 2. And I think there was a way to export data. Why do you need the, the data? I don't know. See? Why do you think you need it? Because I think I remember I need the data from the finished game. So I could be wrong here. But I don't think so. I've played one and I played one on a Nexus device and played two on my iPad. I did, I didn't notice anything that I was missing. So you you think I'm wrong here and there's but no like, What do you think you need? I think for? like I need uh, I think I remember that you can unlock extra content if you move the data. Yeah, maybe. Maybe just something I made up. I wouldn't fight about it though, like Yeah. Yeah, I know. Just anyway, the, the main problem is I gotta finish the room two before I play the room three. Yep. Uh, so I, I already bought all the games. I finished the room one. I'm gonna get on the room two train now, and and it's the type of game that you know uh, I I I I was completely absorbed by the room one. Like yeah. I finished the game in in a single day. I so didn't do anything else. Creepy. So creepy, but so genius in some in some sections. Yes, yeah, um, beautiful. So yeah, these are uh, I I'm realizing now how much gaming i'm doing on ios and i'm like what's happening to me you know uh things are changing mike i feel like uh, gotta tell you if you haven't if you haven't played monument valley on the ipad pro you need to you need to rectify that yeah uh, because it looks great on it's the, fantastic on the looks and sounds great mm. it's worth playing yeah. for again I, I guess i I could check it out again it's a you know it's not a long game i want to see what you're talking about uh, so yeah, quite a quite a good selection of iOS games this week, Mike. Um, yeah, they're all in the show notes too. Yeah, yeah. Put them in there. And uh, I'm I'm looking at my iPad, and I'm pretty sure I covered them all. So good man. Uh, these are good games. You know, go to the App Store, support these developers. Uh, they're they're very nice, and uh, gonna have a gonna have fun on your on your iPad. Not necessarily the iPad Pro, uh, but you know, even the iPhone, the iPad. If you have a controller, even better. These are great yep. games. And as I say, you can find them all in our show notes, which are over at relay.fm slash virtual slash 58, or in your app of choice. They should be right there. Of course, if you're on an iOS device, even better, because you just press them, go straight to the store and buy them. Um, if you want to catch up with me and Federico online, there's a couple of ways you can do that. We're both on Twitter. Federico is at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, and Federico writes over at maxstories.com. Net. Thank you again to Igloo for sponsoring this week's episode, and we'll be back next week. Until then, say goodbye, Federica. Arrivederci.